from the high desert in Far East West Texas, this is the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with that sports TV rating. Welcome, I'm Robert Seidman, and uh, joining me on the High Desert Hotline for this episode is Jay Onright. Jay is back in Canada, and along with his uh, pal Dan O'Toole, they will be hosting uh, the Tim Hortons Jay and Dan Sports Center on TSN beginning September 4th. So I apologize that I lack the resources to play Jay in with some Burton Cummings or even Randy Bachman, but I can't even afford the Edward Bear. So Jay, welcome to the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with Ed Sports TV Ratings. I am such a fan of the Sports TV Ratings Twitter account. This uh, is a huge thrill for me. I'm uh, happy to be with you. <laughs> uh, likewise. And uh, I'm sure most listeners know the landscape, uh, but, but for anyone who doesn't, uh, Jay and Dan were pretty big stars in Canada. Uh, you know, I, I like to, to think, you know, not, sort of 1990s uh, Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann. Uh, and a few years ago, they came to America to give it a go on FS1. And now they're back in Canada. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So is, is that a fair distillation of the, the last few years? I think those are the facts. Yeah. I think those are the facts. Exactly uh, what happened. And, uh, I'm happy to be back in Canada. Um, had an amazing time at Fox. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get into the, the ins and outs a bit, but yeah, those are the facts. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think, you know, we started going back and forth. Uh, over the years, probably somewhere around uh, 2015. I, I don't, I don't remember exactly, uh, but I, I do remember thinking very strongly as it was, as it was becoming pretty clear that, you know, when it wasn't going great uh, for for you and Dan, that uh, wow, you guys are really handling it uh, a lot better than I probably would have. And I, and, you know, I know your agents in your ear, and there's money on the line, uh, but but how did you guys handle that so well? Well, I mean, there's a, it's a tough, tough question to answer. Um, I think the, when it was very apparent that the, the network wasn't doing well, not, not just our show, but every show that was, that was on the network, it wasn't that surprising to us being that in Canada, we had been around for the launch of the other sports network, the one we don't work for, which is Sportsnet. And it was a 20-year process for that network to sort of establish itself. Um, the first five to 10 years of that network um, were a real struggle, rotating personalities, rotating shows, not enough live content. Do all those things sound familiar to you, Robert? Yes, they do. <laughs> there, it, was some, it, it was something that, you know, just seeing the struggles that FS1 was going through was just something that we kind of expected because it, it just made sense. It was a brand new channel in a billion channel universe. People, you know, everyone thinks everyone's moving away from TV anyway, so trying to launch a new channel is tough enough as it is. We did not have enough live content. There's no arguing that point. We had some good live content. We had some, uh, we still do. And I say we because I'm acting like I'm still there. You know, that's why I think. Um, You know, we had some good live content. We had the baseball playoffs. We had Major League Baseball. We had the UFC. We had NASCAR, et cetera, et cetera. We just didn't have enough of it. And it was really apparent early on, you know, the fall of 2013, basically, when the NBA contract was being renegotiated and there was sort of a thought that maybe Fox could get even a piece of it. Right. I think when we thought there was a chance that, that Fox could get a piece of that, to me, that would have made all the difference. Because to me, that would have brought a consistent audience in, maybe a game of the week type thing that maybe could have gotten us some bit of traction. But when ESPN and TNT literally boxed out Fox and, and signed that mega deal to, to bring the NBA back, I knew we were in big trouble already. I knew that was a, that was a, 
a chip that, that we needed because, there, as you know, there's not that many live rights out there for yep. Fox to acquire. Yep. So that, that was apparent right off the top. The other issue was the show itself that we were doing, the original show with Carissa and Donovan and Andy and all those guys, never made sense to us in the beginning. Um, it, it didn't seem like a show that made sense in a, in a universe where everyone has a short attention span. We were asking people to watch a three-hour show that was basically two shows in one. If you thought you might be interested in checking out Dan and myself, um, you might turn our show on and not see us for 15 minutes right. um, if the, the panel was in a long discussion. So uh, it, it just wasn't conceived well from the start. I've been very open about that. That's no uh, criticism of anybody. I know there's people much smarter than me putting together network scheduling and shows, but I just knew it would have made more sense for Dan and I to just do basically the same show we were doing in Canada. And we never really understood why we didn't just do that from the beginning. Right. Toward the end of our run at Fox, um, it got closer to that. Um, but by then, obviously, the regime change had happened with the Horowitz regime. And Jamie was just fine to us. He was great to us. But at the same time, it was very clear that what we – the type of sports television we like to do was very different than the type of sports television right. that Jamie does. And we were definitely not receiving promotion, uh, getting bumped from our time slot for other shows. Yeah. Uh, it was sort of a joke toward the end. Um, so the ending was unfortunate, but, uh, but having said all that, as I give you the longest answer in the history of the sports <laughs> TV ratings podcast, um, having said all that, as Larry David would say, uh, it was a great, I think one of the reasons we maybe handled it so well is that it was fun. Like it was a really, it was the one for fun, literally. It was really an enjoyable experience going to work every day. And sometimes I think people forget about that in our business. Yeah. They only see the perception from Twitter that, you know, ratings are this, ratings are that. They must be hating everything. To be honest, going to work every day on the Fox lot in Los Angeles, not a terrible thing. A pretty fun experience. We suddenly had a crew that was three, four times the size of one we'd ever had in Canada. Um, we got along with everybody. So uh, from a day-to-day -day perspective, if we were miserable at work from a day-to-day -day perspective, maybe we wouldn't have handled it so well. But from a day-to-day -day perspective, we had a blast. Yeah. So the, the only time I was ever even a little bit worried about you uh, was the, you know, around, the, uh, uh, around and during the time uh, you did the interview on the Dan Patrick show. And uh, the I think that was February 2016. You, you just Google Jay Onright and uh, Dan Patrick, and uh, you'll probably find the, the YouTube video. But there were a couple spots in that in that chat where I was like, "Whoa, what's going on on the Fox lot?" I was I was a little bit worried uh, that you, that uh, that you were feeling pretty bad about things. Uh, but then 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 you turned it around, and and I, I think I remember that being like 20 minutes, and it's a very funny 20 minute uh, interview. But can you just can you just take me what was uh, take the listeners through what was going on in your mind in you know uh, February 2016? Well, it was interesting because it really you know in going going back to reception, I have to tell you the way I was in that interview was just me speaking normally. I didn't think I was speaking as controversially or frankly about my employer is as, as, as obviously you. And by the way, this isn't something you just thought. Like many many people thought that I was somehow slamming the network or, or criticizing, you know, my bosses, really that interview was just about having fun for me and making fun. I was really poking fun at our situation. Like I, 
I because at that point, what led to that interview was one week that was right after the Super Bowl. Dan and the guys had been in the Super Bowl in San Francisco. Then they came down to Los Angeles to do the show. They asked me to come in. And that Super Bowl week, everyone else at Fox had gone to the Super Bowl except for Dan and myself. <laughs> and Dan and myself uh, had been given a studio in a, literally a prop closet a that closet. used to be used for the Best Damn Sports Show. Yeah, we were in the closet. We liked it. In fact, one thing we said was, one of the weird things, like I always talk about this, when Conan O'Brien went from the old late night show at 30 Rock to the Tonight Show, people always talk about, well, he didn't connect with middle America. I think the big problem was the set was too big. Like, he went from this tiny set where he and Max were like right across from each other. He had an intimacy that the old Letterman show had to this gigantic, almost outlandishly large set on the Burbank lot. And he somehow lost some of the fun from the show just by the set change. And that actually happened to us at Fox, too. We were in a tiny sports center studio at TSN in Toronto. We go to this giant set in Los Angeles, and we kind of got lost in there. Kind of the same way when ESPN redid the sports center set, yeah. I don't know, was it 2014 to 2015? I mean, the amount of headroom on those guys was almost like a football field. It was ridiculous. And it was like, why? You know, you want intimacy in television. You want, I want to be able to see these guys. And they've since changed that set, I know, because of that reason. But going back to the prop room, we're, felt good. It was almost a men in blazers kind of feeling. It was like, hey, this kind of feels better. This feels like more like us. So even though we were – but we're never going to stop making fun of that situation, the fact that the entire network is in San Francisco and we've been left behind and not on our set in the prop room. If we didn't make fun of that situation, we wouldn't be being ourselves, right? I mean, we can't take that situation seriously. You can't tell us, we're going to leave you behind. We're going to put you in a prop room. Don't mention it. Don't say anything about it. Just go in the prop room, do the show. Don't make fun of it. So when I went on Dan's show, that was really what it was all about. And – it was also probably a couple of years of culmination of people realizing that, yeah, the FS1 had tried some things to that point. Jamie was in charge, and suddenly, you know, we're, we're not, not exactly the golden boys of the network anymore. We've basically been forgotten about. Right. Um, you know, I, I had to have some fun with that, too, because it was a fact. We had zero promotion. For the last two years of the network, you would have had no clue we were still at the network. We had zero promotion. So, um, so yeah, was I being frank? I guess so. But I didn't think I was being mean-spirited, or at least I wasn't trying to be. So, I no, I, so I don't think it was mean-spirited. So in my, my memory could be off. I'm, I'm old and, uh, and have an adult brain. But I somehow, like, remember you kicking, that, kicking the interview off. And Dan asked you something, and you said, oh, no, it's fine. Fox Sports doesn't have a PR department anymore, which cracked me up. <laughs> and they didn't. They didn't. That's the thing. I was just telling the truth. <laughs> no it's true like i it was fun and you know i don't mean to make light of people losing their jobs but uh dan bell had been the fox sports pr guy forever and he had just been essentially let go and we hadn't heard from anyone at fox sports pr we launched the fourth incarnation of our show we did four versions of the show in four years and the last version of the show was sort of more the comedy based so we wanted to do like a late night talk show and we, had, we didn't hear from Fox Sports PR at any point about doing interviews about it or should we put a press release out. But I don't put the blame on Fox Sports PR for that. That's all of Jamie. Like, Jamie just didn't care, right? He yeah. just didn't care what we were doing. So, so uh, but that, yeah. I, again, sometimes I need to stop just 
spewing facts and maybe just edit myself a bit better. No, 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 no. And again, I, I definitely, I, so the, the, you know, Jay, Jay is a kind of a, a gifted physical comedian, uh, which doesn't translate well, unfortunately for me on a podcast, but, uh, dig up the Dan Patrick, uh, uh, YouTube video. It's, it's, it's worth watching. It's fun. Uh, so I, I think I know how you'll answer based on, uh, based on some of your previous responses. Uh, but when you look back on the, on the FS1 experience, like how much of what happened do you chalk up to, uh, to management versus just, you know, it's a really hard time to launch a new show on a new network that doesn't have a lot of sports rights, et cetera. It's both. I mean, and, and, um, you know, the latter part, the sports rights thing is a network wide issue that they're yeah. going to deal with for a long time. Um, so that it's always going to be a struggle. You look at the way, you know, let's talk ratings. What has made an impact at FS1 other than live events? Well, you got to give Skip a little credit yep. because, because Colin went, and I really like Colin. He's amazing. He's a good broadcaster. Whether you like him or dislike him, he can carry a three-hour show and make a three-hour radio show on TV look pretty good. Yep. Um, was he making a ratings impact before Skip got there? He was not. Um, so you got to give Skip some credit. He was the only guy who brought an audience with him and everything else has been kind of tough. So, um, the whole network, it was a struggle. And, and like I said, if, do I think that if they had brought us down and just had Dan and I do a version of the show we had done up here, do I think it would have done much better ratings wise? Honestly, it's hard for me to make that argument based on the fact that we didn't have a ton of live content going yep. into our show at those nights. Yep. Um, do I think the, sh the network would have looked a bit more cohesive? Yes, I do. I do think that, but I mean, that's just my opinion. So uh, how much do I blame on management? I mean, they kept us around for four years and paid us. I got to give them credit <laughs> for that. Uh, um, but I don't think, I think especially toward the end, the last two years, I mean, at least the first two years, um, there was belief in us. Heck, they put a, you know, they put a, promo for us in Times Square at the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, so, there, you know, we definitely got a push there. Uh, the last two years, it was like we were non-existent. And that, that's the only unfortunate thing is that um, you get, you know, you talk to people and like, well, it didn't work down there for you guys. You didn't, uh, you know, you didn't resonate. But it's like, well, we, we really feel like there was zero chance of us ever resonating in the position we were put in. Right. Um, but we had a hell of a time doing it. So, you know, I don't, don't regret it. It was a blast. All right. Well, that's good. So, so before moving, moving on to Canada, one last uh, LA related question. What's, what's the thing you'll miss most about LA? Uh, everything. I mean, it's such a cliche, but it's a really terrific city to live in. I, I really enjoyed it. I was always, I'm a music fan. Like, you know, I was always curious. About, you know, I love the California music scene and, I wanted to go to Laurel Canyon. I wanted to go to all these places that I that I really enjoyed, and um, and the people were exceptional. I don't know if it's just the excessive sunshine that keeps everyone's disposition <laughs> in a positive manner, but that's probably a lot of it. But uh, it was it was wonderful, and, and people talk about the traffic. You know, it's like any sprawling, massive American city. You find your neighborhood, you kind of hunker down, and and you don't leave it too much, and that's what we did. So yeah, I would. I would uh, move back to LA in a heartbeat for the right job. I just, um, I think, I think it's a great place to live. We're going to hang out in the desert a little bit too in Palm Springs. And that was, uh, that was pretty fun. My folks moved there. So that was like our weekend home. We kind of took it over. That's um, nice. So yeah. Hope, yeah. It was lovely. It was, it was great. So Canadians can live, uh, 
in uh, America for six months a year when they retire and keep their free health care. So we'll we'll be there like we'll be there like literally five months and like twenty nine days every year, uh, starting age sixty five for sure. <laughs> Uh, we'll push it. We'll push it, Robert. Like right to the end. Like literally, the eleventh hour, we'll cross back over the border. Okay. So, 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 despite loving your time in L.A., I, I get the uh, I get the general sense that uh, uh, a um, you're you're not too unhappy about how 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 things are working out, uh, and uh, and that you are very happy to be back in Canada. Do I have that right? It, it's an amazing thing because. From a show perspective, we've been rehearsing, which is something we never do. <laughs> I know this is a shocker. Um, we've been rehearsing well, more from a technical perspective, and uh, it's actually amazing. We, we started doing it this week, and the very first rehearsal felt I, – I was driving home, and I'm like, that felt better than any show we did at Fox just from a content perspective. And, you know, I, I realize a lot of it is, hey, we grew up with the sports that Canadians love up here, and obviously that's mostly hockey. Um, and we can talk about that again. So, you know, from a content perspective, from a style perspective, this is just a much better fit for a show. I wish the show we're about to do on TSN, I really, truly wish we could have done this exact show at FS1 because I, I truly think it would have resonated more and it would have been uh, a better a better display of what we kind of bring to the table when it comes to sports television. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled we're back. Um, and Toronto's a great city to live in, so we're excited about that. My uh, two-year-old daughter was going to learn Spanish. Now it's full-on French. We're going to learn French. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, but besides a certain sports, uh, you know, like, like hockey and curling and, and, and that stuff, getting, getting bigger focus, are there big difference, big differences in, in how you have to do highlight show presentation in uh, Canada versus the U.S.? Yeah, just that we're actually doing highlights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. That's a, that's a cheap shot. But no, no, no. It's, no, it's, not, mean, it's not. It's not. It's not. No. I, it's, it's not meant to be. That was the thing that kind of baffled me um, about, and I know you've talked, to, uh, talked about it on Twitter a lot, the, you know, the way that Jamie did TV really made ESPN pivot and change everything in such a quick way. It, it baffled me. It obviously baffled a lot of ESPN personalities because they spoke out about it. Um, it, it I'll put this analogy in place. When TSN started and, and their competitors, Sportsnet, started up, you weren't allowed to mention them, much less acknowledge them, barely watch them. It was as if these people don't matter, right? They, they don't exist. Don't focus on what they're doing. Don't try to do what they're doing. We're number one with a bullet. And that was the same way with the SPS in the States. It wasn't even close rating wise. It's still yep. not. And yet somehow I feel like they've been influenced by the programming over at FS1, which truly baffles me. But um, so I don't really understand. I can't remember how this, what question I was answering. But the highlight thing baffled me because I – I still truly believe there's an appetite out there for people who want to sit back at the end of the day and watch a highlight show presented by someone that they actually like and enjoy and not just something that's just thrown together because, well, we've got a, we've got no idea what, what to do with this slot. Um, so we're going to do a lot of highlights and, and I'm excited about that. Uh, we're going to add more of a podcast element to it like because our podcast has done well and people seem to want that kind of chat element to it. We love doing that. But highlights definitely are 
much more prevalent up here than they are down there. Maybe we're maybe we're just slower to adapt to the technology. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, that's I, I had that I had that question on the list. You know, is it is it as much uh, uh, of a you know uh, uh, nobody watches highlights anymore on TV sentiment in Canada as the U.S. And, and you're clearly saying that that right now, no, there is not as strong of a sentiment up there as there is here. I mean, is in general are less people watching highlights? Well, in general, less people are watching TV. Everything. I guess. Yep. So yeah, right. So so for sure. But the other thing we still do up here, which may, I don't, you might know this, but and it might blow your mind, we still do the Keith Ober or the, the sorry the Craig Kilborn loop the one a.m. show all the way till noon the next day thing up here because. What is really going on in sports, you know, in the morning? What is really going on? You know what I mean? By the way, I'm a huge fan of all the – I love good morning football with my friend Peter Schrager. I think it's great. But there's not a ton of breaking news happening in the morning, right? I mean, there just isn't, and there never has been. That's not when sports happen. So for me, it, it wasn't a problem that we kept looping the show all morning. And by the way, we're going to be looping this new show all morning because when I wake up in the morning and if I've missed something from the night before, I kind of want to see that. So when I used to tune into the sports center AM show in the States, hoping to catch a few more highlights from the night before things I hadn't seen, they just weren't there anymore. It was a lot of double enders with people for, for games that were going to happen 12 hours later that I just wasn't that interested in. I know I'm probably in the minority on this one, but that's not the way I always felt. I wanted I wanted a little bit more recap of the night before because sometimes you just can't get to it the night before. You know, my, uh, you know, the the people I follow on Twitter and the people who follow me, it's 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 kind of a small sample size, but it seems like every time the highlight question comes up, uh, there are there are definitely a lot of responses from people who say, "Look, I really do still want just a straight highlight show," uh, but they are they get drowned out to me from you know all, all of the people saying ah, i just watch them on snapchat now and and that kind of thing and it's it's really hard for me to know what's really actually going on yeah i don't know either because i mean listen obviously that technology is there i get it and jamie horowitz used to always use the music video analogy how you know there's no music you know well they are bringing total request live though <laughs> they're bringing that <laughs> yeah, back, back. um so maybe maybe it is coming back but you know, he used to say, you know, music videos, he used to watch music video shows, he used to watch MTV. Well, now you just go on YouTube, you watch a video. Great. Um, my argument against that, though, is that I don't want to go, I don't want to have to seek out every single highlight that I don't, you know, that I want to see. I'd rather just have it presented to me in one cohesive package. Does it have to be an hour? Maybe not. Maybe it could be a half an hour. But I like having them pre- presented to me. I actually hate the concept of, and one of my favorite networks is the NHL network, but they, they often still do the highlights where they use the announcer of the game and they don't have someone narrate the highlights. And I, I oh, always I miss see. the narration. So I, you're, I miss, you're just getting straight that. play by play. You, you're get, and you're and getting that's the cool and everything. Yeah. That's it. That's what you're getting. And, uh, and that's cool, I guess, if people like it, but uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like an old man now, but I, I just love, I love a good old highlight show, but that's what I grew up on. I mean, that's literally why I got into the business and I got a chance to see, um, when I was working at TSN because we couldn't get ESPN up here, but when I was working at TSN, of course, we bring in by satellite because ESPN owned TSN. And I got to see kind of the end of the Dan and Keith era, the Craig Kilborn, right. the Rich Eisen, Stuart Scott era. And man, 
you know, those, those shows were incredible. They felt intimate. Yes, you were getting information, but you could probably get a lot of that information elsewhere, even at that time, even yeah. before the internet. It was just, it was more about those guys. It was about the personalities. You liked hanging around with them. Um, it's like no different than any other radio show or television show that you love, where you watch a less for the guests that are going to be on the talk show. You watch it more for the person hosting it. And that's what those shows are about for me. So that's how I still feel about our show. I think that's kind of what we bring to the table. People that you hopefully want to hang out with and also a little bit of a show within the show kind of thing where we make you feel like you're watching something that might be cool. <laughs> We're not cool, but the show might be cool. Okay. So, so before I get you out of here, uh, uh, now, now that you're back in Canada, the, the show starting, uh, uh, next week on, uh, on September 4th. Uh, so, so starting, you know, say the, the, the following week when you're, you're just back in the rhythm, what's a, what's a typical day for Jay Onright look like Monday through Friday day? Boy, people are going to be so mad at me because it's so easy. It's, um, it's, it's, well, one thing I will say, you know, we work nights and, and I know a lot of people are like, wow, I can't believe you guys work so late, but I, I'm a night person. So I, I always love working nights and, uh, having my days free, but we'll, we'll go in. Producer Tim, our long suffering producer is going to listen to this and say, no, you don't go in this early. And he's, he's probably right, but we're going around eight o'clock. We'll kind of meet, we'll kind of talk. And then we'll get writing right away. Everything on cam, everything where we're on camera, we like to write that stuff ourselves. Right. All the highlight packs are, uh, are we're given a shot sheet, just like at ESPN or any place done highlight shows uh, by really great um, story editors that we have working at TSN, put together the shot sheets for us. We go over all those highlights ahead of time. We tend to, uh, we can obviously do it ad lib it on the fly, but we tend to find that, if we look at them ahead of time, we can add a little more meat to it and uh, make it a bit more fun and funny. So we, we prep that way. And then now that we're doing this chat element to the show, we talk about the topics we'd like to talk about in the chat. So that's no different than any, you know, pardon the interruption around the horn type show where, you know, they've all got to figure out what sub their subjects are for that right. day. And we're finding it now. One of the great things about rehearsing is, you know, we're trying to figure out the tone we want to take. Um, you may have heard Art Bryles was incredibly hired as an assistant head coach of one of the Canadian Football League teams up here. There was a massive social media outcry, and the owner of the team stepped in and fired him immediately and apologized uh, on Twitter about it. Incredible story. But it started off as a pretty serious story, and that's one of the things that we've obviously had to figure out over the years is if you're going to be the quote-unquote you know, light and funny guys on TV once in a while in sports, there's going to be some pretty serious subject matter that you're going to have to tackle. Yeah. So we're figuring that out a little bit, but we will chat, you know, about a few different subjects and then uh, potentially pre-tape an interview, hopefully do most of our interviews live and then do the show. We'll bang it out from uh, midnight Eastern for an hour. And we used to do a lot of fix ups as we'd say, because it would loop all morning. So if we made mistakes, we do a lot of fix-ups. And then what we found was funnier is if we left the mistakes in and just acknowledged them at the end of the show uh, in a, the ultimate lazy move in a segment we call You Blew It after our favorite comedians, Tim and Eric. Uh, so uh, we do that, and uh, that's pretty much our day. So it's a, it's a short day, uh, but we like to say we cram 12 hours of work into those four hours, Robert. Yeah, and and uh, and, and uh, you guys are launching on our Labor Day while we're supposed to be 
be celebrating our hard work. You're actually working hard. Well, and it, and and that is a, a holiday that we share with you. Uh, also Labor Day up here, uh, but I understand we're getting time and a half. So it's all fine. <laughs> I have to give Dan uh, O'Toole. I have to acknowledge him for coming up with that joke. So Dan is not here with us on the phone, but he's here in spirit. Uh. Um, so, uh, so the the first show is on Monday, September fourth. When's when's the podcast come, coming back? Yeah, that that'll be back uh, on Thursday, September seventh. Um, we uh, yeah, we started the podcast uh, back when we were here at TSN, and it was it's a totally different thing. I I always laugh when um, I talk about our podcast because for most people, for most honor personalities in our business who do a podcast you know, what you're getting from them, say on Twitter, what you're getting from them on radio or TV should probably be pretty similar to what you're getting on a podcast with us. It's totally different. Our podcast rarely discusses sports at all. Um, Our sound engineer, when we took the podcast to Los Angeles, was a man named James Mitchell who worked on Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, and a ton of other amazing albums, and ended up being a counter on the show. We ended up talking music on the show more than sports most of the time. And it's really just a podcast about our lives, and for whatever reason, uh, people just enjoy hearing it, so we've kept it going, and uh, now we have an actual sponsor. One of the jokes at the beginning is we couldn't get a sponsor to save (laughs) our lives. And When we went to Fox, we had some great sponsors, and now we have an actual show sponsor, uh, so um, yeah, it's come a long way for us, so that's, that's a good thing. We'll so, take it. So, is 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 the podcast the the, the same sponsor as the uh, the Sports Center or different? No, the Sports Center is uh, Tim Hortons, probably the most Canadian uh, sponsor you could ever have. So that was a nice one for us to get. And then Coors Light is uh, sponsoring the podcast. So great sponsors, couldn't be happier about it. And um, and we do that. So we have a longer day. We do the podcast Wednesday evenings, and we, we have a longer day. We have to come in a whole two hours uh, earlier than that to knock off the podcast. Because, Robert, uh, <laughs> while other people uh, prepare for their podcast, whatever the opposite of preparation is, that's what we do for our podcast. We kind of just show up and start talking. Yeah, I, I, I confess I do have to prepare. It's still bad even if I prepare, but it would be mm, – I can't even imagine if I, uh, if I did no prep. And, uh, and Maybe he- try winging. Maybe try uh, winging it. Maybe hey, that's, that's yeah, it. You know what? There, there's something to be said for 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 uh, for giving that a shot. So, uh, and, and uh, you told me offline, I think that uh, you know, if if you already subscribe to the Jay and Dan podcast, uh, when when uh, when they push out a new one on Thursday, you're still going to get it. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we brought all the subscribers along for the ride for, with the new show. So, um, so yeah, if you have already subscribed to it, to the Jay and Dan podcast. You will get that new podcast on Thursday, and uh, we'll try not to get fired. We're going to talk about the Fox experience. Uh, we're going to try not to get fired. Um, we'll see how it goes. It's a 50-50 chance at this point. So I, I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is, 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 it, is, is there any way for me to get it in the U.S.? Yes. Yes, you can. Uh, it will be on iTunes in the U.S. So uh, that's oh, one I, of the... I, I'm sorry. I, 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 that, 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 oh, that's the new a, uh, TV show. Yes. Yeah, the new, the new. Unfortunately, no. And it's funny. Um, I can't remember who sent a tweet about this, but someone said that ESPN should put our show up, uh, you know, late night on the Deuce or something like that. And I, and I thought, geez, that'd be a great idea. But someone, someone informed me that I believe it may be a highlight rights issue. That in ah. fact, because we do so many highlights, and the highlight rights don't cross borders. Uh, that may be an issue. So, so there you go. So, 
you know, unless Skipper really wants to pull it off for us, uh, we we you may have to come up to Toronto or uh, or to Mooseman or Moose Jaw to hey. see our show. But those hey. are lovely places to visit. <laughs> you, know, you know what? It's our loss. We had our chance, and we did not make the most of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. America owes us nothing. My my, uh, daughter was born there. Uh, I look forward to her uh, returning to America and becoming president one day. Uh, uh, And that's when I'll get my ultimate revenge on the Murdoch. Just kidding. They paid us for four solid years. uh, uh, Jay, uh, thanks very much for joining the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with that sports TV ratings. Thanks, Robert. It was a blast. Take care. Thanks again to Jay Onright for joining the podcast. He's at Jay Onright on Twitter. That's J-A-Y-O-N-R-A-I-T. And uh, good luck to Jay and Dan O'Toole on the return to the Canadian Airwaves on Monday, September 4th, 2017. Uh, recent podcast guests include NBC Sports Digital Chief Rick Cordella, Sports Illustrator's Jimmy Traina, Freezing Cold Takes Fred Siegel, and Jay Adande on leaving ESPN to focus full-time on his role at the Medeal School. You can find all past episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SportsTVRatings.com. Thanks for listening.